Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listeners and fans, welcome back to the show. James, you as well. Um, Thank you. I want to start with uh, an explanation of why you abandoned us last week. <laughs> um, okay, I will explain. So, uh, it, all good news. Hey, listen. Um, well, gonna, I mean, I know. I, I mean, like you're telling yeah, you the, royal, the royal Yes, us. I am. Um, I'm, in, I'm in a time of my life where good things are happening for me and my family. And we went to go see a house on the day uh, that we were recording and some time constraints with the the sellers and, and the ability to show the house was the only time that we could go see it. So we had a good feeling about it. We went to go see it and uh, fast forward to today. We are moving. We got the house. We got our offer accepted and uh, we are moving to New Jersey. <laughs> wow. All right. So you're just officially just fully abandoning um <laughs> us as eye on the fans and not the show but uh i not do I, I will say we were texting uh, earlier today and we're recording this sunday morning um where we've traded our uh maybe our evening beers and seltzers and other things for uh coffee and, and morning beverages although i could kill somebody for a bloody mary i'll tell you what but i'm still on seltzer i'm doing that right now that's crazy it is 11 30 you're at 830 brother. and you're moving to new jersey from arguably little new jersey uh better known <laughs> as staten island so it's really a lateral move at, yeah. at best uh, but but congrats and thanks Thank again you. to uh dan sarsini for stepping in uh last Absolutely. minute um i'll be joining islanders anxiety later today hopefully i'm not too repetitive i'm a little worried about that um you're just a media star you got this you know I, how I to got... keep it fresh i i hope I hope so. It was a very good episode. You said you listened to it. It was. Um, so I and I and I enjoyed our our conversations. It was it was funny. So I write, you know, I try to write some notes to like guide us through, and you know, if we need stats or whatever. And obviously, all of my notes didn't make sense for Dan because you and I were I set it up so you and I could have a conversation. And some of it was about how I, you know, I, I listen to Islanders Anxiety uh, fairly regularly, and they. Um, they've kind of just said that this team's identity is playing like assholes. And I, I've steered away mostly from saying that on this show because I don't want us to like, be seen as stealing the content. Now, we know that. Like, I don't think they would accuse us of anything. But um, I wanted to bring it up with you because I, I, was like, I ran out of things to say. And that was pretty much how Dan and I just kicked off this conversation. But I do want to ask you, and we have a, a great many things to discuss today. Um, we, we've talked about the Islanders not having – an identity. And I've titled this even before we've recorded anything, 
the rudderless Islanders losing momentum. And there's a lot of reasons for, for that. And some of it is that their identity now is just recklessness. And I, I wanted to get your opinion on I more specifically on, on uh, Dan and, and Mike Lebowolf's, um comment that like, they're just playing like assholes. Is that just <laughs> who they are right now? And I, there, I, there's other explanations. I don't want to get too deep into stuff as you, I, I know you can see in my notes, like about coaching and things like that. But like, is, is that just who they are as a team right now? I, it's interesting to say they play like assholes because there's, there's so many different kinds of contexts that that can be put in. Like, are they assholes in the sense of they play recklessly, like you said? Um, are they playing like assholes in the sense that they're just careless? Like, there's all definitely of it been right. So, and all of the above, maybe the umbrella is accurate as as a whole. To little of this, little of that. Um, look, I mean, I don't know that it's coincidence that this is also happening in in the wake of some like key injuries. I know that you know some have started to return. Pelic is back. Um, you know, but they're still missing guys like Ryan Pollock. Semyon Varlamov is a huge miss. Like that I want to talk about later. The other comment on the D, and what I said to Dan, and um, I think we might even talk about it again on, on his show is, and I, I said, I've said this to you, it's been irrelevant who's in the lineup, right? It, the, it's the same problems are happening. It's It's not a personnel issue. For the first time in a really long time, it's not a personnel issue because it's the same problems are happening with Robert Bortuzzo, as they were, you know, Mayfield and then Bortuzzo and then Mayfield again. And is Pelican in the lineup? He's out of the lineup. Is it Mike Riley? Is it Aho? All these things are the same. They're they're playing exactly the same way. Yeah, it's 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 a good point. Um, look, I, I think it's interesting. I'm and and I don't know if we're going to talk about this uh, in in the notes. Actually, I, I don't remember, but. To me, it's a coaching thing. Um, I I almost wonder if the Islanders win games in spite of the coaching here. Oh my god! If that uh, I don't think a, a truer okay sentiment on the team, and and so like, well, let's let's get into that because I think that's kind of where. So this is this is where I'm at with this. I think that the Islanders grew so much under Barry Trotz and now have this new coach. Um, they had a little bit of regression under him, but maybe some self-reflecting as players as a whole. Guys like Matthew Barzell have come into their very own. Barzell's obviously an all-star now, uh, or this season he's an all-star again, and playing probably the best hockey he's ever played in his career. That's, of course, got a lot to do with Bo Horvat, who has been fantastic this season. And, and really, ever since he's come to the Islanders, Noah Dobson, this guy has been Norris worthy, right? Maybe maybe he's not going to win it, but he's going to be in that conversation. Buoyed by the best goaltender, in my opinion, in the world. Um, and Semyon Varlamov, who's playing just as well. Defense has surely been slacking. Um, there's been holes and deficits there. But I think that all of these players, you know, Simone Nemeth, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Simone Holmstrom, not Simone Nemeth, wrong team. Um, Simone Holmstrom, like, has 
kind of found his game and, and it has turned into an actual pro here. He's not just a guy who has been brought up to the Islanders and he was the next best thing that they had to throw out on the ice. Like he's legitimately an NHLer at this point. I think you've just seen the growth of a lot of players on this team and that's helped them on the ice, but I don't think they're being coached well enough to win games properly. We will talk about Nashville, the, the game in Nashville later in the show, but I think that was a perfect example. They take a one nothing lead late in the third period and completely blow the game. Yeah. So I, so I think there's, there's, um, you know, part of the joke and, and, how I wanted to start the show was that I think, you know, the Islanders have clearly just abandoned logic, right? And, and a lot of this is uh, coaching decisions, frankly. And I think there's, there's something just to like set the conversation up. We've established early in the season after that West coast trip, Lane Lambert is not going anywhere. Right. So you kind of have to separate that a, a, a little bit. And that's difficult when we're going to have the rest of this conversation. The, He's obviously not going to change, and I think there are specifics that definitely do need to be changed. I think the conversation I want to have before that is about – is I guess the question that I have is, is there a team in the NHL that would benefit from a coaching change more than the New York Islanders right now? Like just, again, the, uh, the, the video that you showed me of that – the team – now it was seven seconds left, and I don't know how – so they – they were up one nothing. The game is then tied, and then they lose it. How did like walk me through the end of that? Oh well, we'll, we'll talk about that later, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. They, regardless of how it ended, and because I missed it, I was I was bartending last night. Um, so that's the reason for the gravelly voice. Um, the the team leaves the bench with okay, you know, just less than ten. So that's that's a they're all that is a lot to unpack, and, and some of that is like. The, the 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 players are clearly uh rudderless as i mentioned as the title of the show their the morale isn't great they're they've been inconsistent they're four five and one their last 10 games they're not collecting that loser point anymore we can't lean on that as as a as a crutch i think that some of that is it's starting to wear on me and i think it's bullshit anyway but um is there a team that could benefit more than the islanders right now i i i, I struggle to find that answer i think no I think that's a, a good point. You look at some of the teams that have done it already. Um, it's not working out in Ottawa. I'll just get ahead of that right now. But it is working out in Edmonton. They're on a heater, 10 straight games. Uh, they're playing really well. It started to work in, in Minnesota. It's not working so much right now. Um, they had a closed-door meeting last night. But I, I think the the fact of the matter is, except for the Oilers, the Islanders are better than the four, uh, the three out of four of those teams, not, not named the Oilers. So... I think that, yes, a coaching change, although it's probably not going to happen, it is probably necessary. I think that Lambert does see you through the rest of this season. But, you know, he just hasn't been able to find the structure. Now, look, is anybody going to be as structured as Barry Trotz in today's era? Maybe not, but some structure. Like, there's no structure here. We're almost talking Bill Guerin hockey. And that was uh, – I'm sorry, not Bill Guerin, Doug Wade hockey. And, and that was – you know, just out of chaos. control. And, and Dan and chaos. I spoke about that last week. And that's, that's, that was some of how I, I, I'm thinking about this team is there's so many similarities. They have, right. they have some like high, not high power. They were scoring a ton of goals and they scored like 300 yeah. goals that season. It was ridiculous. Yeah, They scored a ridiculous amount of goals. They had like, I think on average, um, I want to say their power play was scoring at like 
a 30% rate that year, which is crazy. But they also couldn't keep the puck out of their net. The PK was like 30, 31st of 31 teams. Yeah, And it, so, this was, again, yeah, it's it's PK. And the goalies weren't, they're not Ilya Sorokin and Varlamov, but they were no. goalies that they had depended on around yeah. that time and would was later it, depend on. Is that Halak and Grice? Halak? I, I think yeah. it was. And so later on, is it's Grice and somebody else. I can't even remember. But like those are goalies that they depended on in their first playoff series win in uh, this first round uh, playoff series win in, in whatever amount of time. And right. like that's so it wasn't the, again, it was not a personnel issue. And I think that's my that's it's just as much well, on defense, but the rest of the team, yes, they can add and I think they can get better. But it's uh, to me, I'm, I'm looking at this team and it's it's clearly not the the, the guys. Right. Let me let me let me just add one thing here. Um, the game-winning goal for Nashville last night, Matt Martin completely out of position, totally not where he's supposed to be. Left his man uncovered, out on the ice in the last literally ten seconds of the game. I think. Look, Matt Martin is, in my opinion. Send him to the rafters. I don't care. He doesn't belong on the ice in a full-time capacity anymore, in my opinion. As well, much not. of a, a glue guy he is, a locker room guy, Julian Gauthier should be out there playing for the Islanders because he can. He, he's shown he can be a little bit more responsible. Now, he has his faults too, but I think that, I think that it's over for certain guys, and Matt Martin is one of them. I think more. I think more than that, it's fine. Be in the lineup. I agree with you. I don't like it, but okay. He's in the lineup. That's that's one questionable decision by Lambert. Then to have him out there in that point of the game at all is something that's been happening all season. Sure. And and you look at the yeah. team, and it's again, it's. I don't think it's the personnel. I think it's how they're deployed, and simply not having the right guys out there. He's insistent yeah. on starting this fourth line. He's insistent on Sezikis and Clutterbuck, while well, Sezikis has been out of the lineup the last few games, on starting them on the PK. And it just and then at the end of games, he, he doesn't shorten the bench in the right way. He's putting the wrong players out. If they're up, he's the wrong guys. If they're tied, it's the wrong guys. If it's late in the game and you're up one nothing, I, I don't so and it's it's all it's one thing that the game gets tied, right? fine it's gonna happen and, and i think in isolated moments the game the leafs game um that's gonna happen right you're gonna you're gonna come back the other team's gonna tie it and you're gonna win it in overtime and i think in that was i think i think overall that was a, a fairly good game um but again it's at at the end of games you're just letting it go you're losing the threat you're you're rudderless you're 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 sputtering there's a lot of words that you can use a lot of that has to do with deployment. I think that's some of the penalty kill woes as well. I think some of that's also structure, but a lot of this is just coaching. And it's and it's bad, consistently bad decisions. I can't and I can't get away from that. Like I again, I agree with you that Martin shouldn't be in the lineup every day. More importantly, why why is he the first player? Why is he in Clutterbuck? Guys are just like li literally limping along on the ice in critical moments. They're not what they used to be. They don't set the tone. This team doesn't have an identity anymore. 
that moniker is gone. They're, they're, they are not the identity line as much as we want to think that it's, it's over. And then he just keeps doing it. I don't understand it. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Look, I think, I think Clutterbuck still has it. If he's not hurt, I think Suzuki's does too, but I think Martin is definitely hurting right now. Um, hurting the team and hurting the product on the ice. And, you know, again, you're right. Even though, you know, they can throw him out there for eight minutes a game and, and really not worry about it too much. It's more on the coaching for the fact that, that he's out there in a crucial moment in the last 10 seconds, you know, last minute of a game and trying to defend and, and get the puck out of the zone. Whereas, you know, maybe you should have the Nelson line out there who, has shown the ability to forecheck pretty well and get the have out. your best players out there for right. fuck's sake. It's, yeah. it's not, and you have you have a top six, and even you throw that like they're strong down the middle. Something we've said about this team for a long time, with or without Zizekas in the lineup, you have four strong centers. That's you can have two centers out there in the last four minutes going back and forth. You can have two centers out there almost the, the entire time. Right. Obviously, at least one. But for a majority of it, you can even have two if you like that idea. Arguably, they're your best players. Not just your most important, but arguably your best players. Right. And then you can have guys on the edges, that, uh, the wingers, and you have a lot of those players, too, that are very defensively responsible, that will eat pucks. Um, I don't want to see Palmieri kind of go down and, and block a shot, but he'll do it. And you, it just... Instead, you have the the bottom six out there that just isn't doing it. You're sitting Barzell. Dude, talk to him after the game. Martin throws a fucking pizza up the ice. Clutterbuck did it a couple uh, weeks ago or a couple games ago, rather. Just lollipop bullshit that any PB coach would also point out was, you know, a bad play. And nothing's going to happen yet. Barzell has like kind of not his best game and he sits the last five minutes. What? How are you doing? Like, what is the, there? what is the rationale? Right. Again, Clutterbuck does it. That line isn't successful. Then Martin goes out and does the same thing. Guaranteed. They're starting the next game. Almost guaranteed where there's no accountability. There's no discipline. There's right. no, again, and it's to the wrong players. Don't just do right. it. This is like, Typical Lamorello stuff where you're so you're just going to discipline the younger players. You're going to give the veterans more rope simply because they've been around longer. That's not, they don't, they haven't learned either. At least give the kid the opportunity, the younger player, give, put Holmstrom out there late in the game, put Goche out there, let like give them at least some experience. And I, time hasn't passed them by. And that's not, a, you know, an obvious excuse, right? It's just mind-boggling. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, bottom line is that it is, you know, it's coaching decisions. And as nice as it was to see, you know, the Islanders put together the streak that they put on, and and you know, not say that they won consecutive games, but they were playing good hockey for a long time. I think that really is more a result of the leaders in the room. Um, I think that's more a result of some players taking a step into their primes, uh, some breakout years, and I think it has way less to and obviously goaltending, and has way less to do with 
you know, the the people calling the shots behind the bench. I I don't think Lane Lambert is what people thought he was going to be. And look, there's some really good coaches out there right now. I'm not saying that they're going to make a mid-season change, but you know, I think I think this team has proved that forget the the age narratives, forget all that bullshit. This team has proved that they can win games. I don't think that they're sitting here they're wondering what is this team. Paul Mary went healthy, which he is. Look at how good he's playing. Brock Nelson continues to be a reliable scoring threat. Um Horvat is all around an excellent player. Matt Barzell, he's an all-star. Noah Dobson, fantastic. Alexander Romanov has been a revelation this year. Ilya Sorokin, like you have the parts. Get someone who can make the or call the shots behind the bench. I think just as much as it's it's poor decisions, and this is I think Lamorello is in the same boat. If Lambert's your guy and you let a, a trots walk away, um, you can't fire Lambert because that means you made a bad decision. And I think Lambert does this much the same thing. Well, you put Martin in the lineup. I got to play him. And that's his defense. I think so it, that. It, and it's not defense. Like it's, that's not the, I don't, that's not the way that it, it, you should operate, right? It's a results business. You right. can't just say, oh, well, you know, I put him in the lineup. So I got to play him. You, you super, you don't need to do either of those things. Certainly not the latter. Well, and you super don't have to sit there and say, oh, well, I fired Barry Trotz to hire this guy. He has to work. And that's you, what I'm saying. So, it's, like, you're it's just more doing this honorable thing. to say, okay, this didn't work. I tried something, it failed. I need to pivot. Yeah, I'm not sure that he like swallowing your pride is something that he fully understands. Now he's look, done. He's, he, go ahead. No, no, he. It's funny because he's just done crazier things. He literally stepped behind the bench in New Jersey, correct, on a winning team. Yeah, well, that's it, what I'm talking about. Where is that Lamorello? Because we we say this with them sitting in the second wild card spot, but they were in second place last week. They, they were ahead of Carolina. They were ahead of Philadelphia. They weren't even looking at Tampa Bay and worrying about, oh, what are they doing right now? Yeah, and the conversation switches to, like, um, taking taking care of your own yeah. uh, business to now having to scoreboard watch. And now it's not scoreboard watching. Where well, How are you going to be positioned in the top three of the Metro? It's now you have to look at the entire East and who's getting hot and who's not and Oh, Carolina and uh, the Devils, and they're one point this, and it's now it's okay. Well, now Tampa Bay, and now uh, wh- whoever else is in that in that mix. It just, I think, I, I, something that I said a, a number of episodes ago. I think we even tied. It's just this team is exhausting, and you're making it really hard to enjoy some of the wins. Like I, I can't even be excited about that win against Toronto. Right, it, it's really hard because they come back, and then if that was isolated, it's fine. It's just every game can't be like this. And and, and additionally, and I think we're seeing that now. Again, they're four, five, and one in their last ten games. They've had opportunities to to separate themselves. They they lost that opportunity against Pittsburgh. They had an opportunity to really get some confidence against the Avalanche, and they blew it. Um, Vegas was seriously depleted. You know, they had a lot of injuries. They, you know, then they have like a, a complete game against Arizona. What I can't, there's nothing to be proud of there. You you can't walk away from that road trip going, you know what, that was good. 
No, I don't care. You you got three points in uh, out of what is it? Th- was it three or four out of six or something like that? They they managed to kind of crawl their way out of that and looking somewhat positive. But I'm over that, and I, I want to wait to have a, a you know the point conversation in a second. But I don't know. It, it's they're they're losing their way, and now it's becoming difficult. You you're we've long accepted there's no coaching change. There's really not room to make any moves. And then just kind of watching a car crash over and over. And every once in a while, there's a little glimmer of hope. Ah, Did they do it? Did they pull together? Comeback win. Strong, complete game here. Um, The game in Nashville, you know, by by all accounts, was was a pretty good game for 90-something percent of it. It's these little glimmers of hope. And if it wasn't a trend 15 games in, and it wasn't a trend 25 games in approaching 45 games like i don't know do i i don't do i need to like look it up the definition or like and, and mail it to the team or something like what are we what are we doing here how is what are, like what's the what's the plan so i i don't the rest of the season is just going to be what like and maybe that's a, that's the question here like how do we proceed in watching this are the expectations that they make the playoffs and cross our fingers, whatever happens, or what? What are we doing? Yeah, I think, you know, it's weird because, like, we were, we were talking about when they were in a different position, you know, that this team is just going to figure out what they are. And now they kind of escalated themselves from, from that conversation. And now we're sitting here and saying to ourselves, well, they're still kind of doing that even on their, their downslide. And it's just such a it's such a mind pretzel that this has put us in because we again, like I said before, we saw what this team could be. They just need the guy, the right guy behind the bench to make these decisions. And there's no question that they're a playoff team if the right person is making these decisions. They have the parts. They just need the controller. Oh, that was so good. I love I love myself for that one. All right, so we're gonna all right we're gonna we'll end the the first segment. Here, we'll take a quick break and we'll, we'll come back uh, on the other side with, with some more conversation. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. The Islanders are at plus 102 against the Minnesota Wild tonight as you're listening to this show on Monday. And you can make that bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. And new customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, 
bonus bets expire 168 hours after insurance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. So go, going off of your last point there, James, I think it's an it's important to mention now, especially because they're not, they haven't been collecting that loser point. And, you know, they've been, you know, they're nearly 500 or maybe by NHL account of 500. But I, I kind of understand the collect what you can approach for a little while. I don't know that that's fully sustainable. And now we're just seeing them consistently just shit their pants at the, at the end of every game. And it's not, it's not acceptable. And we've kind of gone, on, on, on a long rant about that, but it's, it's even when they were doing it, it's beginning to lose its luster and you just need to start winning hockey games. You need to start build. If you are a playoff team, as you suggested, and it really is a matter of a coaching change until then you need to have progress. You're just losing momentum. There's the points aren't there. The, the momentum that you had even just staying in the top of the division, like we said earlier, just isn't there. So how do they, is it, is it possible? Like, do you, yeah, I, I guess I don't, I just don't fully know. I, I guess we're, we're not really, <laughs> we're going back to the, the first segment of the show. I, I don't know how to proceed as, as a, as a fan. And is it just cross your fingers until, or if there's a coaching change? I, I guess, right? Like, you have to hope that, you know, Anders Lee and Bo Horvat can rally the room and be like, hey, let's let's pick it up. Like, we've, we've played better than this before. Let's lock it down late in games now. Because, look, even if Lane is, is using that same, those same phrases verbatim, the message isn't being sent, you know? And that also comes down to system. Like, he's not also implementing the system that's going to help, you know, lock things down late in games. You can't just be like, oh, Sorokin will make the saves, the save, we're fine by it. Like, you also have to give him the opportunity to make those saves. Like, let's talk, about, let's talk about last last night's game in Nashville. Okay. Um, the Islanders go up one nothing, 12 minutes into the third period. Scoreless game, back and forth. Ilya Sorokin buoyed them. Um, regardless... Eight minutes left in the game, you can't lock it down. You can't continue to go on the attack and, and possess the puck and, and forecheck well and pressure that puck and make sure that Nashville has a really hard time getting quality shots on net. Sure enough, uh, I want to say how many how many minutes later did they tie it up? Yeah, three minutes and eight seconds later, they tied it up. And now you're saying to yourself, hold on, been here before, all too familiar of a feeling about what's about to happen. And clock's winding down. The Predators continue to press the gas, possessing the puck, winning puck battles. The Islanders are just out of sorts. And Alexander Carrier's shot deflects off of somebody who's in the net front and over Sorokin's shoulder and in with seven seconds left. And you're like, yep, there it is. Knew that that was happening, right? Look. You have to be able to to be. You have to be able to sever the momentum. You have to be able to 
you know, match the game, the style of the game that your opponent is playing. If they're really pressuring you, you got to force the puck the other way. You, you know, don't just continually ice the puck, throw it out of the zone and hope that it's just going to work because you're going you're gonna to tire yourselves out. You're not going to be able to get off the ice and you're not going to be able to make a change and get fresh legs out, out there to, to properly defend. And, and I'll, I'll add this. There, there are ebbs and flows to games. And we saw this under trots that they were like as a bend, don't break kind of thing. But but continue. I'm sorry. Right. So and, and that's what it was. They they completely broke. They can't just depend on Sorokin making the ridiculous saves that he makes pretty much on a nightly basis. Like, I don't think there's any question. Like, obviously, Sorokin started the year struggling. He's back. He's fully back. And he's he's been fantastic. You just can't depend on that every waking moment of the game. You know, you have to give him a bit of a break and, and make a defensive play every once in a while, too. So um, and I'm not talking about just the blue line. I'm talking about the defense as a whole here. Uh, and, and that didn't happen. So um, I do want to mention, though, what we spoke about. You know, we alluded to it earlier in the show um, and, and people are talking about it on social media now. Um, it was kind of blown up to 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 be something that I, I don't necessarily think it is. So you didn't get to watch this game last night, correct? I, I watched bits and pieces of it, and I and I watched the um, the recap. Like I said, I was at the bar, so I didn't. Uh, okay. Didn't have the ability so, to do that. As I was, you know, doing my my post game stuff uh, from the Devils game. You know, they started earlier uh, yesterday. All thirty two teams played, which we should do more of that. By the way, really cool. Um, but you know, I was watching the game, and look, here's what happened, right? The Islanders went down two to one with eight seconds left. The Predators also then scored another empty net goal. There was a timeout by Lane Lambert. They were trying to draw up a strategy to try and tie the game with eight seconds left. Lost the faceoff. Bit of a struggle to get the puck to the net with eight seconds left for Nashville, but they eventually did. And as that third goal went into the empty net, the buzzer also went off. So the Islanders thought they lost. Thought it was over. They started heading into the room, right? The guys on the ice heard from the refs. We have to drop the puck. There's 0.3 seconds left. The rest of the team was in the room. They didn't, they didn't know. They heard the buzzer. They were frustrated. Got off the bench into the locker room as any team would. Now, the fact is that in Nashville, the locker rooms are behind the benches. In another arena, say UBS, that's not the case. They go onto the ice and skate to where the Zambonis or or those doors open. I think up and and you, at UBS, I, I think it is right behind the, the bench. So yeah, the, I, the, I understand what you're saying. Nassau Coliseum. Regardless, in another arena where they have to skate across the ice, no one's going anywhere. They didn't know. I think the other team started getting off the bench too. So they quickly had to drop the puck. There was 0.3 seconds on the board. They didn't leave. It wasn't a mutiny. Like, we're out of here. Lane Lambert is not the guy. We might be talking about that, but that's not, that's not what they're talking about, and that's not what that was. The buzzer rang. The team got off the ice. They didn't realize it was 0.3 seconds because the final buzzer did go off as the third goal was scored with 0.3 seconds left. And they had to quickly drop the puck. Bo Horvat stayed when he realized what was going on. I guess that makes it kind of look like what's going on here. But I think he's just, I think Bo Horvat is just that kind of guy. And I don't, and that's not to say that the, the Islanders who, you know, weren't out there aren't that way. I just think that they didn't know. And Horvat realized something as everyone was getting off the ice. I think Hudson Fashing was out there too. 
I think it's a silly narrative. Now, I'll say this too. I think we started the show with talking about this a little bit. I'm, it's only half an hour ago, and I already forgot. I think we've meandered quite a bit. I don't. I understand they're frustrated, and it's it's late or whatever. I I don't know. Figure I, maybe it is a silly narrative. I I I'm I think I'm so frustrated. I'm choosing to see it the other way. I was well, like sitting in my anger as a fan for a second and not <laughs> thinking about it logically. I'm just like. I don't know. Well, how did one person figure it out, not the rest of them? I, I don't know. That seems so silly to me. The um, there was a, a couple of videos going around. Some you know bigger names in the NHL media were commenting on it, and Thomas Hickey chimed in, and he said, "Hey guys, I was there. For context, Nashville scored an empty netter as the final horn sounded after taking a lead with seconds seven seconds left." Devastating loss. Team stormed to the dressing room, assuming the game was over. They shouldn't have had the face-off with no time left anyway. Optically, it doesn't make uh, it doesn't look good, but it was nothing. And that's essentially what I'm saying. Like this was nothing. And the the, the team thought the game was over. The only reason why Nashville didn't head to the room was because they were, you know, when when the home teams win, they celebrate on the ice. Uh, the the losers go to the room, and that's what it was. I think that they thought the game was over, and I really don't think it's anything more than. I think the one part of my brain that we and the, and the approach we typically take here um, is that. So I appreciate that. But like I said, I, I think um, I'm I'm so mad I about this team and mainly because they're so much better than what we're seeing. And clearly, right? They they have a period or a period and a half every game where they play like assholes, or they they just seemingly forget or it's bad coaching decisions whatever the case is whatever the 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 foundational issues are there and the reasons why it's happening i i see something like this and it it just it's hard for me to separate the fact that it seems like everything is not uh put together very well and it's discombobulated whatever word you want to use it just seems like more dysfunction I know that like logic. I understand Thomas Hickey. I like, I appreciate him on the on the broadcast. I actually really like him as a broadcaster. Um, Islanders have a, a way of uh, bringing in some talent, and then they they go off uh, to to national spotlight. And I, I think that's great as a um, as a way to get people into the business. But it, it's hard to separate. It, it seems like another compounding issue, and just like something else. I know that's not what it is, but it's hard for me to separate it. You're just seeing dysfunction now on and off the ice, just simply not knowing what's happening. And I get they're frustrated. You're also a professional. I've said this for a long time. Figure it out. I, I can't stress that enough. That was what anybody would tell us at our job, um, especially if there's a trend. And you know, I, I understand they're under a different spotlight than maybe you or I are in, in our in our day jobs, but it's it just seems like continuing and compounding dysfunction and i can't i can't separate it it's all wrapped up to me it, it maybe like illogically as a fan short for fanatic i i can't separate it it's um it's super difficult Um, you've been, I, I, I do want to, I'm just going to hand the keys over to this, this half of the episode though, cause you're, you're on a little bit of a roll here. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you keep going. 
All right, so um, here's the thing. Ilya Sorokin now has started in eight straight games, right? Obviously, Semyon Varlamov has been hurt dating back to December 23rd. Um, look, they can't do this that much longer, right? Like, you can't start Ilya Sorokin every single game moving forward. They have Ken Appleby backing him up. Should we see the Islanders maybe look to the goaltending market? Like, do we have a definitive timetable on how long Semyon Varlamov is going to be out? I think if if, um, if they thought it was going to be really long term, um, well, I, I think there's there's a way to kind of know if something's going to happen. And the problem is with the Islanders is that it's going to, I think it's going to happen very quickly. I was thinking about this before. If all of a sudden he's on IR, it likely means they're trying to open a spot or LTIR or something like that. So they might already, um, I don't know if he's on IR or LTIR. I haven't, I haven't looked at that, but if, if his status actually changes, that might mean a move is, coming right now they may be trying to figure out what that move is if they're even doing that at all but this is a this is a team that i think most teams in the nhl envy the situation at least it was the backup and it wasn't sorokin and his timetables unknown a little bit at least it was varlamov and you still have kind of a world beater sorokin he's not quite been at that level um better as of late but the, the team overall is you know, not helping his numbers. Um, There's just, just too many shots, just, uh, too many, too much volume of shots. So I don't, I don't know if that's where you put your resources, unless he's just out, unless Varlamov is just out the rest of the season. I think you kind of ride Sorokin a little bit. We're halfway through the season now, and I was looking at his numbers, uh, just the games played. He he played 62 games last season. We we did see him um slip at times and he was definitely burnt out by the playoffs. I'll say that. Um he seems to be comfortable in that 52 to 62, right? I I I think if it's if he's on track to play more than that, and that's and, and that's a heavy workload now. 60 games is crazy. It's not like Gone yeah. are the days of, you know, Broder, but that's not far off from 70 games. Like, that's really close. And they they rode him going into the playoffs. If they think Varlamov's going to be out for a long period of time, and they might already know that, is when they're going to start looking for, for a goalie. Now, the problem is that market is dry and expensive. <laughs> and well, if, they, have, if they do have plans for an addition, they don't have the resources to do both. So you're likely just going to ride Sorokin maybe to the highest games played in a season um, that than we've seen in a long time. It's like Vasilevsky, has he played 70 games in a season? I don't know the last goalie to do it. And it, that might be kind of where we're headed because we have 40 games left, right? Something like that. He might he might sniff it for sure. If you played 62 last year it's and you're depending on Varlamov to play 20, or he started 60. He played 62. Sorry. So here's, um, here's my And he's halfway there. there. With with this, you know, being spoken about, 
I look at a couple of teams who carry three goaltenders. Montreal, Detroit, Buffalo. Granted, these aren't teams who have winning records right now, but does it make sense that maybe a, a third goaltender should be, you know, something that teams are starting to put in their back pocket? I mean, there's only one of them on the ice, but it, it certainly is the team that has the least amount of depth across, you know, the game of hockey. You lose one guy. The next best guy in the AHL isn't always necessarily great. I think they don't have the the, the talent split like Varlamov and, and Sorokin. So that, yeah, I think you, you, you are kind of rotating three goalies or maybe even four goalies, depending on the injury situation. Um, I don't know that, that that always helps. And I don't know that that's long-term uh, sustainable. Like I, I'd love to to know teams that are doing that. Where are they in the standings? And in the in the past, have they have teams like that been successful? It, it I think it shows you need to be confident as a team in front of your goalie. And when you're not, that's a that's a big problem. So when you have goalies, even in back to backs, that you're not confident in that other guy, you you just see how the team plays. Differently, the Islanders don't have that problem. They, they, I think they play largely the same in front of both goalies. Throwing a third guy in the mix and kind of being an unknown, whether that's from within the organization or uh, be a trade, um, I, I'm not sure that that's good for for a team that is so tight. And I, I don't know that that's that the answer. Have you? What have you seen as far as three goalies? Like what teams are doing that right now? And, uh, it has less to do with the fact that, you know, teams are carrying three goaltenders because of it, it's working for them. And more of the fact that um, there's value in some of these, you know, backups. The fact of the matter is that goaltenders are dropping like flies around the league. Like the, the Kings are dealing with injuries. Um, the The Islanders are dealing with injuries for a while. Tampa Bay was dealing with injuries. Carolina is dealing with injuries. Uh, Toronto's goaltending situation is a mess. Like a lot of these teams who are in the hunt uh, need need goaltending. And the fact of the matter is that they don't want to just put them on waivers and get nothing for them. So other teams are just kind of hoarding them. And that that's that's the issue is that there are teams who are overstocked with goaltending and other teams were depleted. So do you now start to try and identify, okay, this, this guy is a good enough to be a backup in the NHL. We already have a backup though. Maybe we make him our starter in our, in our AHL team and then bring him up as a backup when necessary. That's like what I wonder. Because the, the, if the situation gets too dire, maybe, like I said, I think they, there's other needs that I would address as the Islanders to beef up your team. I don't know. I think they I, that question only comes up if, if Varlamov is truly out the rest of the season. It really de- it really depends. Yeah, because I, again, they don't have the assets to to do both. So you're either going to get a backup goalie, and that's going to be it. Again, I don't know where they are with NHL contracts as well. Like they may just be at a certain point, you just can't make that many moves. 
especially if you're gonna like if if it's if you trade a prospect like they're not even in the AHL, you're gonna trade a prospect and a pick for somebody with an NHL contract. You you simply might not be able to to do that. I think they're not. I they're close to fifty, but if it maybe it's forty five, it's still pretty far away. So maybe they have the room there, but they don't really have the cap space. So someone's got to go. And again, if Arlamov is going to go on LTIR, that's four and a half. He's on injured reserve right now, but it's, oh, two, two, seven, five. That's a decent amount of money that, that they can save. Bortuzzo may be done for the season. Um, and they're likely not putting him on LTIR so that they can accrue the cap space for the deadline, um, of which it looks like they'll have a million and a half. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the answer is. One way or another, I, I think it's it's been almost 10 years since a goalie. I, I looked it up. It's been 10 years since a goalie played over 70, 70 games or more. After last season, it seems like 60 games is too much for Sorokin. As far as the playoffs, he had great regular season numbers. He needs to play less than that to be really successful in the playoffs and for the team to be successful. It may just be that it's catching up with him now on top of just being overworked game, game after game. And that's probably the biggest concern. That I can see from your perspective. You need to bring somebody else in. At a certain point, you might just also need to try Ken Appleby. We've seen crazier shit happening. Martin Jones playing well. Uh, Jonathan Quick playing well. Right. It could just be that your guy is okay and the team plays well. Like you got to give him a shot at some point. You know, the Martin Jones played actual back-to-back games, not not just three in a row, but a back-to-back. And I don't know. I, I, they, I think they won. Other teams are are doing that as well. Um, it, you might just need to try. Great. Look at Vegas last season. Literally just guy. <laughs> Unheard of names. Who's Aiden Hill before that? Unless you're a Vegas fan. I don't know. Maybe Ken Appleby is that guy that they can just steal him. You know, it was a kind of what we were. Um, and looking at their AHL numbers is not great. That That is not always an indication. And I, it's also if he plays well in five games here, does not mean he's even ever going to be in the NHL after that. Right. He only needs to play well in five games. Uh, and some of this, and maybe this is where this is stemming from from your reaction right now, is that you're not confident Lambert would pick the right fucking games. They'd be That's like, true. oh, yeah, the avalanche. What are you, an idiot? <laughs> what are you, a fucking moron? No, no, no. Dude, play him against Ottawa. Play him, you know, get right. so, uh, play him against Montreal. Play him against Chicago. Chicago. Play him, you know, you got to choose those games more carefully, but. And it's and it's also a matter of where can I get Sorokin like a week's rest, right? I'm I'm glad he's not in the All Star game. Um, that he doesn't he doesn't we don't have to worry about that. He's let him do his thing, um, get get some rest. Um, but that's kind of where I would where who who Leon is playing right up until the All Star break. What what is their? Do you know their schedule offhand? Um, hold on, I have it. So when is the All Star break? The February what? It's after the twenty seventh. Okay. So right. So have... between this twenty seventh and, and February fifth. Okay. So they have the Wild, the Jets, the Blackhawks, the Stars, the Golden Knights, 
Canadians, the Panthers, the Leafs, the Lightning. No, the, the, the Panthers is the last game, and then I think it's the the break. No, there's a huge. The, oh, this is January, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so the Panthers are the 27th, and then February 5th is our next game. So there's a there's a good chunk. Thinking, yeah, I, I got my dates mixed up with the uh, stadium series. Sorry. So so I would play um, Sor- I would play Soroka maybe against the Panthers because that's a good team, but yeah. let them let Appleby play against the Blackhawks and Canadians. I think he could also play against the Wild. They're not playing well right now. I think that's a game you just need to win at this point. And you, you figured, you know, every once in a while they you know they they beat the Leafs, right? Or they they play a good game, but they get they get just get crushed by the Canucks. That's a shitty game. Two games in a row where they will allow five goals. And and three out of the four games around that point, they allow five goals. Avalanche, Golden Knights, and Canucks, all five five goal games against. Um, Coyotes, whatever. I don't, I don't really care about that win. That's that's irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. The, the Maple Leafs felt like a good victory, but they just can never carry that momentum. It's too emotional playing that team, um, which is, is kind of silly at this point. But um, yeah, then they drop you know two two quick goals, once being three goals against the Predators. They need this win against the Wild. The Jets are super good. After that, give them a rest. Give them so, between the 16th and the 21st would be that's five days. Give Sorokin a five day rest and then have him come back, play the Stars, play the Golden Knights. Then give him another five days or four days. Have Ken Appleby play the Canadians. Then he comes in for the Panthers and then he has another week off. I think that'd be a great way to end the month and go into February where he plays one, two, three, four, five games between now and February 5th. That's great. That's nearly a month. That's three weeks and change ish, right? Have him play five games between now and then. That's perfect. So just, just for context with the the Minnesota wild and you're well stated, well said. Um, the Wild are one seven and one in their last nine games. Uh, in each of the losses, they've given up four goals, three goals, three goals, four goals, four goals, seven goals, four goals, and six goals. So uh, I'll do my best, Dan Sarsini uh, impression from Twitter. Congratulations on Mark Andre Fleury getting uh, passing Patrick Waugh in a win against the New York Islanders. <laughs> That's what that fucking means. You know that that's what that fuck. We have been here. We've done this podcast for too long. We've been fans for too fucking long. You, the congratulations to Flurry on passing uh, uh, Wah and in, in wins uh, and a win against the New York Islanders on um, at six baggers, o'clock on Monday. I'm I, 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 I'm gonna even I'm even gonna say it on the other show later. And if he doesn't say it first, and we only get credit for it first because we're recording earlier, but he I know he will also say that. I know he's gonna say it before the game on Monday. He'll tweet it out. Um, hell, I, I know occasionally he even lists our show. So you know that's going to fucking happen. And that would be such an Islanders move to be like, and I think rightfully taking your approach. The Wild aren't playing well right now. Yeah, give him a rest. Give Sorokin an even additional game. So he's playing four games between now and February 5th. That makes a logical sense. But as we started the show, they've abandoned that. They've abandoned. They need to win this fucking game. And in a lot of games, you need to play the goalie that's going to help you win. You know, back-to-back situations, you're like, 
if they were playing the Wild and the Jets back to back, and even if it was Varlamov and Sorokin, the way that I've understood it in, in some situations and how some coaches view it is, put the you, you, which game can you absolutely win? Put put your better goalie in for that. I don't think that's how right. everyone treats it, but I know that that is at times. It's sometimes it's confusing. You see, like, why is the better goalie playing against the weaker team? No, so you're right. Yeah. Get the bag, right? In this case, that is such a trap game. It, it, it's like the most eye on their shit ever. I'm currently reading one of Dan's banger tweets from last week. It says, <laughs> Jeff Marrick, Cutter Gauthier traded for the Flyers to Anaheim amid reports he didn't want to play in Philly. Are you surprised Matt Vay-Mitchkov hasn't requested a trade because of Ed Van Imp did because <laughs> because of what Ed Van Imp did to Valerie Karl- Karlamov in 1976? Elliot taking an ice bath, not really. <laughs> it's so good. He's it really is so good. It really is. I yeah. He follows, I, he, it, he follows it up with with this trade. Is Pat Verbeek still in the lead for the Jim Gregory NHL GM of the Year award, or has Steve Stales and Bill Guerin still uh, stepped into the race for each? Elliot in three Slack chats with Verbeek, Stales, and Guerin. There's still deals to be made, Jeff. <laughs> It's too good. It really is. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, his um, he has an incredible sense of humor. Um, and again, great addition great. last week uh, stepping in for you. Uh, yeah, so I, I I think that's it's tough. I think in I, ideal world you 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 do that. So and that's a back to back situation. <sighs> yeah. So you might see cannot you might see Ken Appleby against the Wild. That may be the strategy that that they take, and they they do play Sorokin against um, the Wild and, and Appleby against the Jets. You may see that as a back to back situation. Then they have yeah, three days could. off, so that's a. I mean, part of what we were talking about as a strategy. Um, the other way around, and playing Sorokin against the Wild, then he's off until Friday. You're giving him like three or four days. Um, you know, with some travel, but he's not playing. Okay, great. Throw throw Ken Appleby to the Wolves. You probably weren't going to win that game anyway. It sucks that we have to think that way. Um, and then he doesn't, you know, hell, play Ken Appleby against the Jets and Blackhawks. And so Sorokin doesn't play until Sunday the 21st. Like if, if we're worried about the, 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 the thinking about the goalie situation in, in, in a kind of in a vacuum and not trying to get points, which is freaking crazy. But if that's a strategy and you're trying to just leverage, you don't know how long Varlamov's going to be out, you're trying to leverage any time that you can, that might be something that they consider. Because then you're going to need to play him against the Stars and then the Golden Knights. And then you can get him a few days off, um, another four days off before the Panthers or something like that. And, and Appleby can play against the Canadians. It'll, it'll be an interesting kind of wrap up to January. They've just, they've just screwed up so much. They couldn't. They had an opportunity to put space between them and the Penguins. They just don't do it. Um, they they lose games to the Capitals. They lose games to people in the Eastern Conference. And then, then they go out west, and they could have done really well and have also still been in the situation in the second wild card because the rest of the teams continue to do well around them. So now we're just stuck. Now they did both bad. They had an opportunity to separate. They didn't do it. They had an opportunity on this road trip 
uh, and playing some really good teams to at least keep up, and they're not doing it. Then what? That's where I like. I don't understand. Even after the All Star break, if this was another team, does Lambert? If we don't, if we if we didn't know um, or didn't think rather that Lambert should have been fired after that West Coast trip, if the Islanders falter the rest of the January before the All Star break, and, but they're still in it, that's another one of those moments. If it wasn't then, it's got to be now. But like we said to start the show, we know that's not going to happen. But if there's ever an opportunity, it's then. I mean, frankly, as soon as possible is obvious. But given what we know, that's not likely to happen. But if there was another opportunity, it may be coming up. If they play well the rest of January, it's a different conversation. But they're losing opportunities to bank points and build momentum with wins in a row. And they when's the last time they won two games in a row? Um, uh, that was back on December 11th and 13th. They won two in a row, but that was also on a four-game stretch. So between December 7th and 13th, they won four in a row. Yeah, so since then, they have not won two in a row. No, but they and they And they haven't collected points in consecutive games since then um no that is um since december 19th and 20th okay fair and and, and 23rd okay so fair fair december 23rd. so almost a month for that and they have yeah. not won two in a row since early december oh my it's not good, Bob. It's not, not good, good, Bob. So this is um, like again, like they've just they faltered. So the that whole notion of collecting points and just getting it getting into the playoffs, that that threat is gone. They haven't done it. That narrative, just wipe it away. No more loser points. It's it's over. They've they're not even able to do that anymore. And as Dan put it, I forget if he tweeted or whatever. It's it's the a march toward missing the playoffs. They they've begun yeah. the decline, and if that's not obvious for Lamarello to do anything, I don't know what is. I mean, go get another goalie. I guess. I mean, if that's what you think is going to help, but like do something. All this right, let's uh, let's wrap up the show with some uh, All Star Game talk. Uh, do we have questions you wanted to address? We, we had we had two quick questions, and we may have already answered it. And I, we kind of do this all the time, so I I, I kind of <laughs> um, Ariel Wood, the longtime listener of the show, they they often uh, ask us a lot of questions. When does the coach get fired? The next opportunity is uh, uh, to my in my opinion, as I just said, is uh, during the All Star break or the end of the season. Frankly, that's it. It doesn't, yeah. I, it, it, there's just not, there's no other opportunity as far as I see it. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I would have said a couple of weeks ago that you wait till the end of the season just to see what this team is. But I think that they've proven that they win, like we said earlier, in spite of the coach. So with the guy right behind the bench, uh, if you have the opportunity and you can bring in somebody with more structure, do it. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, Michael Valdini, 
Um, I don't know that I've seen a question from from them. So thanks for the question, Mike. Uh, he said, at the end of the season, what major shakeups need to happen in order for this team to come back to reality? Um, I'll let you answer this first because I think we'll have the same same answer or similar answer. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously what we just spoke about, you know, the coaching. Um, look, I, I don't I don't necessarily believe that the Islanders need major shakeups on the blue line. I think the first pair of Dobson and Romanov, that being your first pair is a big deal. I think they're playing fantastic. We've said this before too. Having Pollock and Pellick on the the second pair is huge. I mean, look, are they what they used to be? Maybe not exactly, but they're still strong defensive defensemen who are a really good tandem. Um, I think a lot of teams would find themselves lucky to have them uh, as blue liners together on their team. And that, that means that Scott Mayfield is a third pairing defenseman where he belongs. And you have a, you have, you know, Riley to choose from Bortuzzo when he's healthy. Um, Aho's back there. Am I missing anybody? Like there's, there's defensemen to choose from for sixth and seventh D. I don't think they necessarily need one. Go get a friggin' top six score, solidify that top six, and and go for it, man. You have the parts. Go I think it. it. I think there is an opportunity with the cap going up and and some other players coming off the books, and um, whether you move on from Wallstrom or leverage him, you know, uh, his RFA status to trade for that top six player with something else um, after the draft Look, or, or whatever the whatever the case is. I think there's an opportunity there for sure. Oliver Wallstrom clearly not worked in this environment. Maybe he does somewhere else. It, it's always, I know a lot of people will say, oh, the minute you trade him, he's going to be a good player. Maybe that's just what, if he's not going to be a good player here, then get something for him. It doesn't matter what he does once you trade him. So do you trade him because it's not working here. Get something that will work here. So the, I, I agree with all that. Um, I think. Aside from moving on from the coach, and I think we know some of this from just looking at Cap Friendly, um, Clutterbuck and Martin coming off the books. Um, I think it's as much as we've enjoyed a run uh, with the identity line, and as I said before, how that identity is was forged in that fight night game in 2011, and as much as that team was so different, that thread has continued really with those, some of those guys that had continued with the team for, for so long. And that weight and the, the identity that kind of, I think puts it there on their shoulders needs to be shed. So not only are they just not playing well, but I think it's time if, if even if Lambert doesn't get fired, I think Lamorello has to take those tools away from him and allow him to create a new identity. And maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe if you ask Lambert um, about it, it's well they're here and they are a part of this team and, and its identity. Um, so I'm going to use it. I don't like that answer, but I understand it. And at this point, I think you need to take those tools away and just move on. So the weight of this team's identity over the last decade, 
and almost a half, we need to move on from it and kind of retool a, a, a little bit. I think fashing is a good way to move forward in a, in a lot of respects, but to bring the team to reality, I think that's kind of where I would focus my energy uh, as well. I, I think obviously bringing in a player uh, in, in the top six and just truly fucking move move on and, and do the goddamn thing that we were waiting for forever. Um, but I think just as much moving on from players that have just kind of weighed the team down from moving forward into a new identity. It, I think it's time. All right, let's talk about the uh, the all-star game real quick. Um, the final rosters have been uh, put together. The last 12 candidates for uh, to be voted in have been. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. It's four Maple Leafs that are going to the all-star game in addition to uh, who was it? Austin Matthews at first. Um, additionally, it's another four Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> I mean... Okay, I guess. Um, one of the things that really struck me as odd was, and again, I understand get as many reps in from the uh, the host city as you can, but look, Morgan Riley being named an all-star when he's, although an excellent defenseman, over Noah Dobson, I mean... That's a serious snub to me. I, and I'm not just saying this isn't Islander bias. I'm talking about look at the the Norris race, right? The Norris race has largely become which defenseman scores the most points. Well, if we're going to look at that, right? Noah Dobson is up there, right? He's got 10 more points than, uh, than Morgan Riley as a whole. And let me just filter this here. Defenseman. Okay, Quinn Hughes, Cal McCarr, then Noah Dobson. Are you kidding? So Quinn Hughes is going. Cal McCarr is going. Noah Dobson is the next one on that list, and he's not going. This was fan voted, right? It was fan voted. So I, that doesn't surprise me. The Islers are not going to get love. They're, so they don't now, have that, that was spotlight. My next question, though. Does this matter? Um, I don't – I mean, I – I don't know that the the I think the players are always like they're just very humble and I don't know that they actually care about doing that. Maybe maybe they have a bonus uh, that it helps or something like that. Like make the All Star game and you get an extra blah blah blah, um, and that that matters. Like you know whatever. Uh, we all have these little incentives, but I don't know that it really matters. I'd rather. After Deep Pietro, I'm so nervous about any Islanders doing anything that's not a regular season game. <laughs> Even going to the Olympics, like I everyone's yeah. like, Brock Nelson isn't on a projected dude. I do not give a shit. Keep him home. It it does not <laughs> stay bother. Rested, me. Stay you know, yeah, stay rested and healthy. Um, Sorokin, God, Sturkin should start every game as far as I'm I don't give a shit. I don't care if you like it's not even an argument who I think is better. Um, and it's really close. I don't care. Russia or whatever the 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 artist formerly known as Russia or whatever they are in, in uh, international uh, competition at this point for a whole host of reasons. Um, yeah, sure. Sir can start every game. I don't care. doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, like Marzell, they're like, Oh, he's on the fourth line projected. To be, uh, great. So he doesn't, so he plays five minutes a night. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't, it, I, I can't tell you how much it doesn't matter to me. Um, right. You know, from that, from that perspective, it is cool to get the recognition 
um, as a fan and, and, and having Islanders kind of be recognized and get their 15 minutes. Um, but after Tavares, after Di Pietro, I super don't give a shit. It, it, it personally does not matter. It gave yeah. us a cool jersey last year on accident with Horvat. Great. Uh, the Western Conference jersey with the Islander logo. Uh, awesome. We both have one. We do both have one, and we should have worn it today. Um, yeah, that would we... maybe maybe closer to the All Star game. We'll throw them on. Yeah, um, we were just being lazy, but, but yeah, I don't care. That, that... Speaking of All Star jerseys, did you see the All Star jerseys? <laughs> so there's two ways I think about the NHL right now, and I, I, similarly to the Isles Lab store. And a quick aside: so I'm with a friend of mine. I went to that Caps game at, at the end of December. And we're going through and we're seeing some of this stuff. And they straight up just annihilated some original uh, Islander fishermen and wave jerseys to, like, make jackets. And uh, whoever made that decision, uh, straight to jail. I can't believe you just mutilated these absolute gems. And instead of selling the originals, which would have made you a shit ton of money, instead you made these... you know, to me, ridiculous looking jackets. Having said that, similar to these jerseys and similar to what Isles Lab is doing, um, it is not for me. I don't need to like them. I don't. But it's not for it's not for me, right? They've they clearly, if you look at the photos, they're marketing this to a different generation. Um, I don't like that it's not me anymore, uh, selfishly. Um, last year it was. We got our, we had our moment, um, yeah. the reverse retros and all that stuff. And they were like, all right, 90s babies, uh, all you nostalgia folks born in the 80s and 90s, um, and that remember that uh, we're going we're gonna to move on. And uh, now it's not for you. So, as much as last year, everyone's like, who cares? Like, I can understand younger people, maybe in their 20 years old or 15 years old or something, being like, yeah, I guess they were cool, but like, I don't remember that. So, oh, I've seen it like, my dad has a hockey card with Mark Messier and like, yeah, they've seen it before or like Dominic Hoshik or some shit. Um, yeah. And this year it's not for us. They look ridiculous, <laughs> but it's not, for, it's I mean, not yeah. for us. I, I don't I even know what ridiculous. I, I need to look at them again. What's the background behind the logo? I don't, what is it's that? A like star. A, it's a giant star. And I need to look at it again. It, it doesn't look like that. Four, there's also four little stars around the NHL logo. And it's just, I mean, especially the yellow one. It's too much. Like, I, I don't, can't you know even. You know what? I, I don't mind the yellow. Like, the color isn't what, what bothers me. First of all, the red one looks like some Soviet-era <laughs> jersey. <laughs> I think so, by and large, different the problem. white one is the best one. The white one's the best one for sure, like hands down. It's, yeah, it's, that's clean. The red cleaner. one is very McDonald's looking. Um, don't like that. Yeah, it looks yeah. Uh, and it's got the Adidas stripes on the sleeve, and the only one that does it doesn't have that yellow, uh, yellow stripes with the black stripes is on the white one because the white one is just black stripes with a white base. Yeah, they've really outside of last year, they've botched this by and large for like a also, long time. The nameplates. Oh, I didn't even see that. What's up with the nameplates? The what? 
They're under the numbers. You sure Fanatics didn't make the jerseys? <laughs> it's Adidas. That sounds like a mistake. They're like, uh, so we ordered these. Um, and <laughs> like the league. I was like, I picture Gary Bettman um, because he's such a micromanager. Literally gets the boxes delivered to his office. And all his little interns are bringing the jerseys in. He's like, these are the official ones. And we're great. And he, and he pulls them out. And they're wrong. And he's like, uh, now we got to own it. Now this is the jersey, so like we're not gonna send them back. We don't have time. We need to release yeah. it. We like the thing tomorrow. Uh, this is, yeah, it sounds like a mistake. I don't think Did it you, is. Like I, I think you're they're actually looking at the jersey with the nameplate on the bottom. No, I'm I'm trying to find a, a photo. Okay, I'm going to send it to you because I have it here with them. I'm going through just Google. Some of the old ones are so cool. Some, the, to you. the early 90s ones are so good. So you'll see. Even the 2022 photo, ones are good. You'll see in this photo the uh, the four people standing or sitting on the couch. The one that has uh, the nameplate under the 24 is standing backwards. All right, opening. Is that not Justin Bieber in the yellow one? Is that it I'm is seeing that correctly? All right, I was like, is that not him? He um, had a, a hand in the Okay, that's a choice. Uh, oh my god! All right, so the the kid in the jeans uh, that's sitting down. Just a quick aside before I get to the nameplate. So I, I saw the like you had sent me this earlier, and I was looking at the thing. I was like, is he wearing goalie pads? <laughs> they look no. like street hockey. It, no, literally just uh, ripped up junko jeans from uh, nineteen ninety. Yeah, really oversized baggy jeans are back in. Yeah, this it's um, sure. Bring them back. I don't care. Um, I'm not buying new jeans. Uh, so they're on the bottom. This looks like, is that like Comic Sans numbers? What are those yeah, goofy numbers? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're huge. And then the font is weird. Not to be like really picky, but like, this looks ridiculous. So the market for these jerseys is uh, ages five through 12. <laughs> and that's they're, it. They're very happy meal. I'll say this. I'll say what I like about them because we don't need to end the show uh, this this negative. I do. I don't mind the yellow one, frankly. Um, the color schemes are okay for the most part. Um, white one definitely the best. I do like the stripes on the arms with the stars. Um, the logo with the stars and the star behind it. It looks like a banana or like the Super Mario star behind it. Like it's just. Very cartoonish looking to me. Um, again, and somebody with a marketing or graphic design background that keeps up with this shit would know better than me. That's not where my marketing background is. Um, and I don't certainly don't keep up with it. But it looks goofy and round. And they even rounded out the, the NHL logo. Like it's not. There's the point at the bottom. But it looks like they maybe they modified it to just kind of fit together. I don't know. I Overall, I don't get it. Um, you should just and, and type it, in onto Google NHL All-Star jersey and look at some of the memes. I mean, they're just fantastic. I'm going to send you my favorite one right now. I I can't get over how good this meme is. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, no, it's Pat. It's Patrick Star. Patrick Star. <laughs> so good. Dude, that's that's <laughs> on someone print that someone just make the shirt and put it on Etsy I mean, or wherever. I'm so disappointed. So, 
good. Just just looking through some of the older ones, some of them they just absolutely just did not do a good job. Some of them they're not good and they're just lack of trying, like they're boring, but they're not like bad. Um they've done like these yellow ones and like some of the different colors, and I I, I think they're fine. Um the 2018 ones are terrible. Um, I think we've kind of forgotten about that. The uh the ones the the black and green. And then the white and green ones are really bad. Um, I don't even know what year that was. 2015. Um, so some of them have, have like has not been good, but these are. This is the first time that it's just like super not for people over 30 years old, or like in and around that age group. So it's um, as a person with only old Islander stuff, I'm not the person to make a comment on any of the new things, including even the, the retro uh, reverse, like the fisherman Jersey, it wasn't for me. It was for, it was partly for me, but partly for a new generation. And that's fine. That's great. So I don't know that I, this is. Go look at what uh, I just said. It's too good. I'll, I'll, I'll end my, my thoughts with this. It's clearly like the all-star game isn't even for me. So I don't expect the jerseys to reflect that. Like last year's was a disaster. Like that all-star game was a mess. Um, so but the jerseys I, rocked. Yeah, but jerseys are cool. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly right. That's exactly what I said. It looks like the Super Mario Star from N64. That's ridiculous. It's, good. it's too good. Um, yeah, we're all in the yeah, Carl's Jr. one is so good. Dude. <laughs> that's such a joke. This league, this league, there's higher, higher graphic designers. He's like people that know what they're doing. Um, and and you know what? What I want to know is what are the jersey sales? Are they going up when they change it? Like after this season, right? I want to see compared to last year or the year before that. Are they selling? Because if they're selling, fine. That's that's the business. Do the thing that's going to sell you the jerseys. Um, our opinions aren't going to change that, right? Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. They're a little messy to me. I think we've gone on a little too long <laughs> on the jerseys. Oh, oh, oh. Um, we should also, while we're talking about jerseys, um, and you just absolutely, uh, you may as well have sent a wet fart in an e and a text to me afterwards um, when I sent you the hat from the Isles Lab and said potential Islanders Stadium Series jersey. Oh, and you yeah. said, you're like, maybe it's just a hat. I was like, good. I'm really glad this isn't the show because that would have been such a good way to like you're what a bad improv partner to be like, nope. Our uh, next segment, like, right, what are we supposed to like work with me here? Like, yeah, just a thing. But what do you think that those jerseys are gonna be? Why well, I, I, I wish we thing. knew. I mean, it's December uh, January 14th. The game is in less than a month. Yeah, this isn't loading for me. What did you do? Did you? How did you break my computer from over there? I don't know. I apologize, but um, the game is in less than a month, so I would I would have thought we would have known by now. Um, it would be really cool if the Islanders got a little creative with it instead of just you know here is a a different sequence of lines at the bottom of the jersey in a different order of colors. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It would be I, like I would love to see a crest of the lighthouse as the main logo. That would rock. Yeah, I don't know that I, 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 I don't know. You and I have kind of argued about this over the years. I don't fully like that, even though I sent you that uh, cool Koyo uh, band shirt that has the lighthouse kind of prominently 
um, on it. But I, I said, uh, the, 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 go look at the, the photo that I sent you um, in our chat. Actually, I'll, I'll put it in Twitter because that seems to where you love. And I do see the Doritos. That's very funny. <laughs> um, photo. I'm sending this to you. We'll, we'll also post. Oh, freaking, of course. Um, I can't do it now, but it's the new, it's the, the New York logo. It looks like some of the old stadium series jerseys, but it has the wave with the green on it and the lighthouse yeah, right in the middle. Cool. That'd be a dope Jersey. It would be like a white version cool. of that or an orange version of that would be very cool. Yeah. I think that would definitely rock. And that's like, people are looking for Easter eggs and that's like, I saw that and I was like, that's the only thing that's very different than yeah. a lot of other things that's remotely interesting. Um, so yeah, I'll, we'll post it on Twitter. I think it's um, it could be something. I hope I'm right, just so that you're wrong, frankly, because you just like <laughs> again, you were just like nah. <laughs> you said, "quote I mean maybe," but it's not out of the question. It's just a hat design. All right, for, for and the then context, you, as always, you said lol. For the context, I'm dealing with the same thing in Devil's Land where people are tagging me in this red scarf with a black Devil's silhouette logo. That they're like, did they just release the Stadium Series alternate jersey or or Stadium Series jersey? And I'm like, it could just be, you know, the colors of the team and a black logo. Not that far off. So it's just, I think that's why I was in that mindset. It would be very cool uh, to see that jersey with the the logo that you sent. Um, yeah, we'll we'll post it because I think it's it is very good. All right, um, I think we're done. This is a long show. <laughs> <laughs> um i need to take a break um and hopefully by next week we have some wins to talk about or something positive some momentum yep. they're collecting points i don't they go oh oh and five or four or whatever the fuck um hopefully if ken appleby does play he gets a win in, in one of these next two games um monday or tuesday and and we'll go from there so please rate review subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show you can follow us on twitter instagram Threads on YouTube at Nassim Hockey. You can find James' work at New Jersey Hockey Now and the fourth period. And you can catch me on this week's edition of Highlanders Anxiety uh, if that's not your first show that you listen to anyway this week. Um, James, bring us home. Until next time, let's go Islanders.